Hello, and welcome to Relationship Innovation Podcast. My name is Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And as always, we're just so grateful to have you here listening to us. I know we are getting new listeners every day, and so I thought maybe we could just kind of introduce ourselves a little and why we do this podcast, why it's special to us. Yeah, absolutely. And then go into our topic for the day, which is a really good one. Yeah, so uh, as Tara said, it's EJ and Tara Kerwin. We are a uh, we're a married couple. Uh, we uh, have a blended family. We are therapists. Um, I'm an LPC in the state of Arizona. Tara is a LMFT, which is a marriage and family therapist in both Arizona and California. And we have a, a couples counseling facility in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. And we, you know, gosh, seven years ago, we started our center and there's a whole story behind it. So we really encourage you guys to go listen to that very first podcast, our story, um, just to get a little bit of the background around why we created our counseling center and the program, our relationship renovation in office and at home to really help couples navigate the stressors of life, which can be many. Yeah. And our goal here every every week with our podcast is to educate, to inform, uh, to help couples have the insight and understanding of, of how to have a really great, loving, intimate relationship and that it's hard at times, but with work, it's worth it because you can just, you can improve your relationship. It's a question that Tara and I ask couples over and over is like, you know, can your relationship better? And what do they say, Tara? I would say 99 out of 100 couples say absolutely it absolutely. can improve. Absolutely. Even wonderful relationships that, that aren't in any kind of crisis or anything, they say, hey, yeah, of course our relationship could get better. Yeah, we really just, again, want to just give tools, resources, and then normalize that every single couple goes through difficult, challenging periods. And the more that we're aware and the more you know, knowledge we have on how to have a healthy, loving relationship and not just expect it to happen you know, the better equipped we are to, to maintain it. So. Absolutely. So today is like, yes. like most of our, our episodes when it's Tara and I, we're, you know, just presenting a topic and talking about it when we have a, uh, somebody we're interviewing, uh, it's a topic and we, we just have them help us explore. But today it's, it's you and it's I, you honey. and I. Yeah. And our topic for today is something that we call emotional triage. Such an important concept to understand. And we're going to really try to help you guys understand what that means and why it's so important to build emotional safety in your relationship and how to do that. Yeah. I mean, so just to sort of introduce the topic, I mean, one of the most important factors in, in healthy relationship is really just the ability to support one another, right? Is the ability to be there for each other in difficult times. One of the really big challenges to making this happen is that frequently those difficult times are activating for both members of the couple, that that both of them are having an emotional reaction, which oftentimes sends them sort of into instinctive or autopilot, mm-hmm. right? And so they're, they're not necessarily acting intentionally. And what that does is it makes it hard to support each other in those moments. And so, so we're going to explore that concept and the framework we create to help couples figure out a way to get through those moments. Is that, is that clear, Tara? It, help, help me out here. Yes, it is clear. And I just to kind of piggyback on that a little, uh, 
we get a lot of couples in here who who they can handle like a lot together. They can handle external crises, external stressful situations if it's outside of their relationship. But when it comes to like when they're reactive in their relationship, that's when they kind of, you know, go into those flight, fight, freeze responses. So I'll always like say like, hey, you guys obviously have, I mean, and this is not all couples, but some, you guys obviously have the resources to be ability to handle difficult things outside of your relationship together. Just when it comes to like when it's us and we're personally reactive in that system, it is the hardest thing in the world to to not want to blame your partner for making you feel that way. Or, or yeah, or blame your partner for not being exactly what you need them to be in the moment, exactly. right? So, I, you know, I think sometimes it's helpful at the beginning of a discussion like this to sort of define some terms, right? And, mm-hmm. and because it, it helps you as members of a couple um, maybe understand some things that are going on that it helps you kind of slow it down and be like, oh, okay, that's what this is. So I think two important concepts in in our work with couples are triggers and activation, mm-hmm. right? I think I think those are, are two very important things for people to understand. So so maybe Tara, can you start off and and because trigger, and I think trigger is one that, that anybody who's done any self help stuff they, they've they've heard it before. Trigger, right? trigger, trigger. Yeah. So let's talk about what's a trigger, Tara, in your understanding. So a trigger to me is something outside of me that causes an uncomfortable emotional response. It's some kind of stimulus, whether it is a tone of voice, a look, someone passing by me in the car who's being a silly driver. It's just some kind of situation stimulus that produces a very uncomfortable internal reaction. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that's the same? I think that's like perfect. It's, okay. and, I, and I think what's important about what Tara said and what to really stick with is it is something that you don't necessarily control, you know? And, Absolutely. And we don't have we can't eliminate all triggers from our life, right? And so we have to be prepared and and sort of accountable that we have a reaction after the trigger that we actually do have some control over. And that's what we're trying to talk about. Yeah, because triggers can happen at any time unbeknownst to us. You know, it could be a smell, it could be something, and we're just like, what? What the heck is that? Yeah, so we don't have control over, like you said, not being triggered, but triggers our information that there is something that we can process internally. Absolutely. And so the next word that I think is important to define is activation, right? And so so trigger is external stimulus mm-hmm. that produces a response. Now, sometimes a trigger happens and it's slightly agitating or it produces some, you know, thought process and it's and it's pretty manageable, right? Can I give an example? Sure. <laughs> This morning, asking our kids for like the fifth time to eat their breakfast, right? And they're not listening. And I start to get a little uncomfortable, mild, mild trigger. Yeah, but 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 manageable, right? But manageable, absolutely manageable. Able to kind of think your way through it, absolutely. maybe calm your body down. Yeah. Now, occasionally or frequently, it depends on the individual, it depends on what else is going on in life. Occasionally, there's a trigger which leads to activation, right? And activation, as we see it, is a response to an external stimulus, 
where it's almost like it's the, you know, it's a straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the, it pushes you past the edge and you go beyond, um, you're not intentional anymore. You know, you're activated, your heart rate picks up, your mind starts producing rapid thoughts. Your body starts to feel really tense. Yeah. Oftentimes that's when we go into that fight, flight, or freeze. And so- what does it look like? That, that's always, you gave one example. So you gave the example of the kids were being sort of weren't listening. It was slightly agitating, but you managed it. You weren't activated. It, it did not hijack me in the yeah, moment. Yeah, give, let's give a trigger that led to activation. Oh, it's like a personal one for me? Sure, why not? Okay. Well, um, I feel like I'm on the spot right now. Like, oh, when is the last time <laughs> I was triggered? Um, da, 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 da. Oh, okay. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> you looked so, at me like it might involve me. It does. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> just, uh, it was just yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be a critiquer of EJ's outfits at times. And I don't mean it to be like critical or whatever. It's just who I am. It's who I, I do it with my kids. I do it with me. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I would wear that belt with that. Uh, shirt, blah, blah, blah. So EJ comes into the kitchen and, and my sister was visiting too. So it was like in front of company and I saw him like looking himself in the mirror and I was like, Hey, how are you looking over there? He's like, well, like, I think I look really good. Um, something like, I think I said, I, oh, I, said uh, I think I look pretty good, but you yeah, know, that's just me. Okay. So immediately <laughs> I like felt myself shutting down and wanting to cry So I went into the living room and like, I'm pretty good now at catching myself to not get super hijacked, but I I was shutting down. I didn't want to do in front of company. And I went into the other room and I started to cry and I just wanted to withdraw. And I was so angry and frustrated and mad at EJ. And he like comes walking into the room, like, do, 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 like nothing has happened. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, he has no idea how triggered I am. And so, of course, like, you know, I won't get into it, but we sat down and we talked about this trigger where, you know, like, I feel like when he says those things in this passive way that he thinks that I'm not into him and I don't desire him and I don't think that he looks good and it makes me feel like I'm a monster. And I mean, again, we like got through it and I said, hey, it would mean a lot for me if like those comments, like if you didn't say him in that way, because it makes me feel like it's a direct like hit on me somehow. Um, So it was great. We were able to get through it because that's what we do. We have to do that. We have to practice what we preach. But a lot of couples don't have those skills yet. So what could have happened, and it's happened previously in our relationship, which is why we opened our center, is I would have shut down and I would have started building resentment and hatred and anger towards you. (laughs) Hatred, goodness me. Just saying. I know, I know. Because I feel so uncomfortable and I feel like you're mean and it, it goes to all my triggers from my past, you know. Yeah. And then and then those experiences keep building and building and then our reactions get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so, again, we have the tools now to like manage that. But I'm, I know that that was a lot. Of no, but, just... <laughs> but there was a lot of really good stuff in there. I want to like respond to a couple of things. Okay. One is that because she took a step away began to work through it. Then when I came in, I think I was receptive to yesterday. I knew I had an idea what happened. I I wasn't blindsided by it. So I recognized what was going on. So I knew I had to go in there and repair, make a repair attempt. That's another, another episode. But because she did that and because I was receptive, 
I, for this last 24 hours and walking into this weekend, I even said something to you about this morning is I'm, I'm going to really increase my awareness of little things that I say that are passive ways of communicating something that is important. And because we're, we didn't get lost in the trigger and then the activation, we're going to be able to make a shift in the short term that is going to make our relationship better in the next 36 hours, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I also want to, on the more clinical side though, also like kind of pick a little something apart that Tara said that I think is really important. And she said, and I, and I think this is like super important, is she said, triggered me. And I, I want to separate those because I think when we, and we do this often, especially people that are new into the- um, Therapy process. Therapy process, yeah. They, once they learn trigger, when you say you triggered me, you're basically blending trigger and activation into one thing and they're separate and we got to separate them. Otherwise we're, we're, we're held hostage by them mm-hmm. because at some level I said something, right? And it may have been not healthy, right? But she had a reaction to it. She was activated. And when, if we're not careful when we say, well, you triggered me, it creates the environment of like, well, you just have to stop saying stuff like that and then I'll be okay. And, and the reality yeah. is, is I'm going to be, I'm going to mess up and I am going to passively, you know, I'm going to communicate things to Tara for the rest of our lives together in ineffective ways at times. And so she can't count on me just extincting that behavior. She has to get better at recognizing the trigger, recognizing she's activated, and then finding a way to tell me. And when we say triggered, it doesn't sort of take responsibility for our own activation. And we have to in order for me then to take responsibility for the fact that I communicated ineffectively, she's got to sort of manage her activation. Absolutely. Yeah. So we took like a long way, but I think it's really important <laughs> important do. stuff, a long way to get back to the concept that we want to talk about today, which is emotional triage, which is in these moments, how do we handle them? And, and triage is something that we pulled out of sort of the medical field of like EMTs Mm. and, uh, you know, doctors is that in moments when there's multiple things going on, you know, there's three patients and one has a head wound and one has a broken leg and the other is, is had a cardiac arrest. These people have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Who do we treat first? Who has the highest, you know, acuity? Who who's going to die if we don't do it? And then they they quickly prioritize. Yeah, and what we want to do is bring that into the emotional realm of when you're in relationship and there's a moment where things are going on. How do you get through it? And Tara's like, give me the wave. She wants to say something. Well, no, I'm just saying it's so important because, like, usually when one partner is triggered or activated, the other partner is triggered and activated too. But usually one is a little bit more triggered or activated than the other, right? Like yesterday, it could have gone bad. I I could have been like, oh my gosh. And I could have withdrew. And then you could have been like, come in and you could have been even more angry at me. And like, but I was, I was like really suffering in that moment and like really overwhelmed. So I think I would have said like yesterday, I was kind of in that place where I was the more triggered one, if you will. But like, you know, again, if EJ and I didn't have these skills and he would have came in and been mad at me, like it, 
would have gone south very, very quickly. And so I just want to make this point that usually when it's an issue between the couple and a partner has triggered the other person, the both partners usually get triggered. Yeah. And then they both get, get activated. Yeah. They both partners have a trigger and become activated. Right. right. But, yeah. So just so the whole idea with emotional triage is like, oh gosh, in those moments when you're both activated, how do you try to like weed out a little, like how do you triage in those moments? And and it's not it's, it's hard. And it's not just as a result of your relationship either, right? Because there can be, let's say, financial struggles, right? Mm-hmm. Where where there's an external stimulus that's a trigger, you know, uh, maybe like a, a bill that's not paid or, or you're going through a real lean time or somebody loses their job, right? That's an external stimulus that has completely separate to, from the two of you, right? But both of you are triggered by it and then are activated to different levels. And that and and then you can end up in an argument about something that you guys have to solve together, you know, that's so important for you guys to get a strategy of how do we deal with this, but instead of you guys coming together because you're both activated, you fracture. Mm-hmm. You pull apart and you can't even get to the solution phase because you're both just kind of freaking out inside and and only thinking and only able to be sort of present for yourself and not each other. And that's what emotional triage ultimately is about, is how do we figure out in the moments how to support each other emotionally so then we can get to a solution. So we we took the long way again around emotional triage, but it's... But it's so important. It's like, okay, in this moment, even though I'm activated, I can see that my partner's activated too, right? And maybe my partner is a little bit more activated than me. So how do I hold this space? I still come back and talk about my activation, but not in a moment where my partner can't hear it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, again, it's a really challenging, difficult skill. It's not innate you know, our biological, everything about us is like defend, cope. My, I'm feeling uncomfortable, like back away, don't do this. But we're, we're trying to lean into our partner's suffering instead of avoid it, which again, uh, biologically we want to avoid yeah. at all costs. And let me, let me give you an example of, I, I can guarantee almost every individual, every couple who's listening uh, to this will relate to this. Cause I hear over and over and over with couples that we work with. And then I, and then Tara and I say and do it all the time as well. So I'm going to give a general first is you come to your partner, you're activated about something, you're struggling with something in your relationship, you tell them about it. And then one of the first things they say is, well, well, I feel the same as you. You don't think it's bugging me as well. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, it's one, it's like so invalidating. Then the other person's like, you know, it's just, it's just like, okay, what was the point no, of saying that? It's not about me. It's always about it, you. It, yeah, it, it shifts it back. And then it creates this power struggle of like, oh, okay, well, here's my suffering. Well, my suffering's worse. And then it becomes like this war of who's. And so let's apply it, for instance, um, to a very common thing we see in therapy is, is struggles around, around physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes the person who has the, the higher sex drive, and is feeling rejected, will bring it up and, and say like, 
you know, it's just like, it's really hard for me. I f- don't feel like you're attracted to me. I'm, I'm frustrated. And then the other person quickly says, well, what do you think it's like for me? You think I don't want to have a sex drive? You think it's like, you think it's fun for me to know that you want that you want that and I can't give it to you? And then it's just like right away, it's right away it goes into an argument or it's about family. Like, oh, your mom stresses me out so much. Like she's always calling and has these things. Well, you don't think it's hard for me to see, you know, that is like such a comment and that's the opposite of emotional triage, right? It's like- Yeah, you're bringing tension to and subject and both of you are kind of seeing it in your own perspective and you're not able to validate and understand what the other person's perspective is first before you go into yours. Yes. Okay, so where do we go from here, Tara? Like, how do you begin to incorporate emotional triage into your relationship? Well, I mean, I think first for me, it's like when I'm activated, I always have to like take a moment and understand what it is. So it can't be about you in those moments. It's got to be about me. But let's say, right, so I I try to take care of myself and then I, I come back to whatever it is that's triggering. Let's say like I'm triggered and you're triggered, right? That's where we use our code word, activate, right? Like, hey, right now, neither of us can kind of be intentional. We don't want this to go even more negative or in a downward spiral. So we use our code word. Then we come back and we kind of like, I think we're really good now at intuitively like assessing who needs that support first. But I think really like the first step is like in the moments where you're activated, understand kind of what it is and how you can let your partner know once you're feeling a little bit more calm and hearable way what was happening for you, Yeah, you know, and then make a request in there. Kind of like I did yesterday, like, hey, it would be really important if like, you know, if you are feeling something like instead of like making it in a more passive way, just like come on, tell me like, hey, honey, I'm just feeling like, you know, really undesirable today and, you know, whatever that might be. But I don't know. For me, that's the first step of of any kind of development, you know, on ourself in our relationship is working on your own activation triggers, understanding them, and then helping your partner understand what happened. Yeah. Because your partner is not intentionally trying to do that. Right. They're they're having their own response and ways of like coping with their own stuff. Right. And so and if we can get curious. Like that's where people feel really important. Like, oh, they actually want to know why I just got frustrated in that moment. Okay, that's cool. Instead of making it about themselves. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, one of the things that Tara and I really try to work with couples about is getting preventative, you know, is beginning to take steps before moments where there's a trigger and you're activated to figure out how you're going to deal with it the next time, right? So if this is a concept that you're like resonating with um, and you're like, wow, actually this would be really useful if me and my partner, you know, had an awareness of this in in difficult moments, I think you want to have a discussion in the next couple days just about this and be like, okay, like, do we do that? You know, if there's a moment where it, there's difficult things going on, are we even aware of each other's experience? You know, how do we handle these type of moments? You know, and mm-hmm. and and just like introducing the concept to your partner and seeing if you can make some sort of like mutual agreement that like yeah, like we're gonna work on this. We're gonna become more aware of when we're activated. 
And then maybe even beginning to have discussions about, okay, if you notice that I'm activated, this is what's helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Like Tara has, has been very explicit in telling me in the moments where she is activated, she needs me to go towards her instead of going away from her. We talked about, we talked about this a couple uh, episodes ago, you know, it, and so I know that now. I, and I also know just through my own subjective experience what it looks like when Tara is activated. I know the look in her eyes. I know her body language. I know the way her speech sounds. And, but not all couples have that awareness yet, right? And so you want to have those, those conversations of like, okay, honey, how do I know if you're activated? And what do you need in those moments? You know, and I think that's a great beginning conversation for a couple to have. I do too. Absolutely. It's like, but here's the thing though. There's some people that don't know what they need in the moment, right? That's where it gets yeah. like, cause that's a lot of like, that's where challenges come in. It's like, if you don't know what you need, how in the world can your partner know what you need? And that's why it's like the minute we can recognize we're triggered, recognize what our activation level is internally self-soothe, whether that's through breathing, whether that's through just taking maybe five minutes and going to turn on some music or just relaxing your body and then kind of being curious about yourself, you'll start to understand what it is that you need. Because right now in that, in that moment, you're needing space. A lot of people don't even recognize they need space. So you're recognizing your need space. And then maybe after that space, you need a huge hug, right? I mean, every moment's different and every person is different, you know? But again, it's like, if you don't know what you need, you got to start taking those moments and just like calming your own body because then you will get clarity. Then you can say, hey, honey, when this is happening, when I am activated, I might need a few minutes and then I just want you to come hug me and no words are needed. (laughs) That's my thing. I think a vast majority of the couples that we see come to us because they have no sense of emotional triage. And when there are difficult moments, it completely spins out of control. And it spins out of control in different ways. For some, for high conflict couples, it spins out of control into really big arguments. For a conflict avoidant couples, it spins out into people just separating and not talking for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. You know, for emotionally avoidant couples, it, they just sort of like Build stick to like just, shells. yeah, or just like stick to like running the household, you know, like. It's being roomies. Yeah. And so, so I think that's an important thing to also just begin to like think about walking out of this podcast today is like, okay, like when me and my partner don't practice emotional triage, like what happens, you know, and, and how can I recognize we're like, whoa, we're, we're both in an instinctive place where we're not supporting each other, you know, because at least then you can be like, hey, we can start recognizing that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the point of change is just knowing when you're doing like sort of the opposite. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, in our relationship renovation at home and in the relationship renovation we do here in the office where it's facilitated by a therapist, like it's a very structured approach on how we help emotion, couples emotional triage. It is not a light switch, you guys. It it takes a lot of different experiences, but you just start doing little things different, right? And one of the first things that we introduce, and, and maybe we could do a, a whole podcast on this like next week, but is 
code word. (laughs) Like if you don't know how to manage any of this or navigate this, don't re-traumatize you guys' self. Don't reinforce a negative pattern. Use a code word and then come back. And, And we have a whole thing of like, oh, when you're taking a break and you use your code word, here's like this process you can go through to really understand and process these feelings, what you're feeling. And so it's like a whole structured approach. So, you know, and I think that like throughout any of our podcasts, we've gone through different techniques, you know, but but recognizing like, gosh, if you guys just don't quite know how to do it yet, emotional triage, having a code word saying, honey, let's come back to this when we're like both feeling a little bit more calm, that's triaging. Yeah. And just know it's not a light switch, you guys. It's not like you just know in the moment because you got to understand what's happening for you first. Then you can have this internal soothing. Then you can be more present for your partner then you can be more curious about your partner's experience because you're able to hold that space for your partner. Then your partner starts to feel really validated and held and supported. So then that just starts to break down all the walls, all the defenses, everything that we've tried to like, you know, build to avoid conflict. It starts to like break down and then your partner feels very safe. That's what emotional triage does. Yeah. You guys feel safe with each other. And so- in a broad sense, I think what Tara is saying there is this is why couples go to counseling. You know, it's why they go to counseling when they're in a, in a state of like, you know, really crisis or why they go to counseling when they just want to kind of work on things preventatively. It's why you go to individual counseling. It's why you embark on a, a path of self-growth. It's why you find a program like we have relationship renovation at home where you find an approach on an on a every week basis to grow with your mm-hmm. partner. The reality is the you know, if you if you have an exercise program, if you have a dietary change, if you want to get better at tennis, you know, whatever, you have a structured approach to making change. Absolutely. And like and that. that's why, you know, if this is something that you're like, yeah, me and my partner could really use this support as individuals, as a couple, you know, find a great therapist in your market. You know, check out our relationship renovation at home program through our website. Get a book on, you know, um, emotional safety, you know, do something on a regular basis where you're learning and you're taking steps to making change. And if you can do it with your partner, it's freaking amazing, right? Because then you're supporting each other in, like we say, becoming your best selves together, which always brings you closer together. And taking the step for yourself, whether your partner is like, you know, doing their work or not, it's accountability and it kind of lets the other person know like it's not all them. Like, you know, I have someone that wants to like really work on what's going on. And usually it's like great modeling because we also, you know, and I know this podcast is going longer than we expected, but um, there's a lot of people that will come in and like, oh, my partner is just not ready. Like, that's okay. Doesn't have to be. Your partner doesn't have to be ready. You can be ready. Right. And then usually, right, if it's, it's, it's like you're a change agent, if one person shifts, and the way they respond to whatever stimulus or trigger, it's going to have a different outcome. So it doesn't need to be about your partner. It needs to be about you. Yeah. So, so just to recap, you know, today <laughs> we talked about emotional triage. It's the ability for a couple together in a moment to sort of 
figure out who's a little more triggered and and how do you how do you support each other through that moment so you can get to some solutions to exactly. problems we define trigger which is an external stimulus that produces some sort of emotional response uh, we talked about activation activation is when your response to that trigger gets to the point where you sort of go into autopilot and become instinctive and then we talked about like look you need an you need an approach like you know you need a a consistent way to raise your awareness yeah. and to work on these things as an individual or as a couple. Yes. There is no just like one answer. Yeah. There's no magic like wand or anything like that. It's like, it, it takes work, but my gosh, when you get there, when you can like have freedom to like not get hijacked in moments, that is complete like serenity. I don't even know what to say to it about it. It's it's freedom. It's freedom to be you in your relationship. It's freedom to be you and recognize your emotions and navigate them and regulate them in healthy ways. I mean, I could go on and on. So, yeah. so um, you know, we just going to kind of throw in our stuff here at the end. Um, you know, one thing is just, you know, please, if you like what you hear here, please just, you know, give us a rating on wherever, you know, you're listening to our podcast. Give us a review. Give us your feedback. Um, tell a friend, you know, if you have a friend who you think would really benefit from uh, from listening to mm-hmm. our podcast, please just, you know, send them our link or tell them about Relationship Renovation Podcast. Uh, it definitely just helps get the word out there. Um, if you have any ideas of future podcasts, we love that. Yeah, you can always send us an email mm-hmm. at he said, she said counseling at gmail.com. Check out our website. You know, we have a really a new video we just threw up there that, that sort of tells you about our in-office and our at-home mm-hmm. products kind of that we put out there. You know, our website, he said, she said, counseling.com. Our social media is pretty consistent. We have Ask a Therapist Tuesday. Uh, we have Coping, Coping Skills, Skills Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, Fun fact, Monday. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. We got a whole bunch. So check <laughs> us out at Facebook. We are at He Said, She Said Counseling. At Instagram, we are at relationship underscore renovation. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's just fantastic to to do this with you, Tara. I agree. This is one of our favorite points of the week. Every week is recording this. I know. We always get so excited and just like knowing that we have listeners out there and hearing such great feedback. It's been, I feel truly grateful. Yeah. Yeah. All All right. right. Have a great week. As we always say, take care of yourself and each other. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.